you know, we're strong people, especially here in Appalachia. We really are. We're, I mean, it's part of our culture, and I don't mean to stereotype because we all struggle, but there is a sense in our culture that, okay, this is tough, but I'll find a way to deal with it. Welcome, everyone, to the first official episode of the Lilypad Podcast. And this, this episode was a real treat to record. Uh, and it's a wonderful start to this podcast because uh, I interviewed Kathy Pleska, Kat Pleska, author, professor, teacher, uh, just a wonderful human being. Kat Pleska actually really helped me out when I was a student at West Virginia State University. She got me involved in an organization called West Virginia Writers. And I attended my first conference with her help uh, and even started to work part-time for West Virginia writers um, at their conferences. And then after a few years of attending conferences and working for them, they actually asked me to come on and uh, host a few workshops for young writers. And then for their newsletter that they send out, they asked me to have my own little segment uh, that they called ready for it we called it the lily pad that's right so my first time actually using that nickname uh, you know in in a positive way was to refer to my uh, young writers column in the West Junior writers newsletter as the lily pad and in that column I actually featured works of writing by uh, young people all over the state of West Virginia they just submitted those to me via email and I sort of sorted through them and published some of the ones that I thought were the best and gave young writers an opportunity to to share their writing with the public. So the lily pad actually started there and then as I told you all in the introductory episode it became a nickname for my classroom uh, as a teacher that was the lily pad. So this is a great way to start the podcast. Uh, Kat Pleska is just a wonderful person. Uh, she's, She's inspiring as an author she loves to encourage and motivate young writers who uh, are just getting started or just, just budding writers, anyone who wants to, to try it out. And I ask her some questions about that. We talk a bit about how she got started as a writer and some of the things that inspire her. So I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did. So without uh, any further delay, here's Kat Pleska. So, you know, obviously I know you really well because we've known each other for 20 years. Uh, it's hard to believe that it's been that long, but it really has. <laughs> yes. Um, but uh, if you can go ahead and uh, just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, about who you are and what you do. Okay. All right. I'm a native West Virginian. Uh, I've lived here all my life, born and raised here. I'm a seventh generation West Virginian. Uh, I um, um, went to uh, Hurricane High School, graduated from there, and uh, quite a few years later, I decided to go to college, and I went to uh, West Virginia State. Uh, it was West Virginia State College, then it's now a university, uh, majoring in English. And my particular interest, as it has been ever since I was a little girl, is to be uh, is to write. Um, so uh, the way I could do that the most expediently at, at State was to be an English major, and uh, professional writing uh, was my emphasis. Uh, And then a couple of years later, I decided that I needed, um, I wanted to get a master's degree. Um, It was difficult at that time uh, to go go in-state and get a degree uh, in writing anywhere. So I thought about it 
and was kind of recruited for the graduate humanities program uh, at what was then the West Virginia Graduate College, later became West Virginia Graduate College, and now is uh, then became Marshall University Graduate College, and now is just Marshall University. Uh, but anyway, I got a master's degree in humanities, and that was really fortuitous because it gave me a broad context and background in which to write kind of an understanding of human nature and what we've done as humans over the millennia um, and a little bit of history, a little bit of culture, a little bit of religion, a little bit of literature. Um, and so um, when I graduated with that degree, I worked a few years at West Virginia State teaching with, with colleagues then with, um, with my uh, former professors. Um, and then in two, 2002, I entered a Master of Fine Arts program at Goucher College in uh, Baltimore for a Master of Fine Arts degree in creative nonfiction writing, uh, which underneath that umbrella, we write memoir, personal essay. Um, there's also um, some jour more journalistic types of immersion journalism and long form journalism literary, nonfiction, all that sort of thing. That by far was my favorite degree. And that is what I love to, to write. And uh, after working on it for quite a long time, my um, memoir, Writing on Comets, was published by West Virginia University Press uh, in 2015. Uh, and I, I also um, am the president of a nonprofit called Mountain State Press. It is a 42-year-old traditional literary press that has been based here in West Virginia all these years. And um, so I took over in 2013 as the publisher. And um, it's a volunteer position. I don't get any money for it. Um, but I've published, I think in those seven years, I've published eight or nine, ten books of other authors is dedicated to publishing um, West Virginia authors, works about West Virginia, but also Appalachians. So, um, and that has been quite quite the learning experience. Um, so, so I teach now full-time for Marshall University uh, in their English department and I teach writing. And I just started this fall uh, and I've been in between. I was at Arizona State University teaching in a completely online um, Master of Liberal Studies uh, program, so which was absolutely wonderful, wonderful experience. So I've just taught in higher ed for about 20 years now, and I've been writing since I was um, 12, I guess. <laughs> so it's been a long time. <laughs> That's great. Some of those things you talked about, I, I kind of knew about you, but that that's a lot. A lot of that is new information to me, mm. which is one of the reasons I was excited to do this and you know this interview because even after knowing you for so long, um, I was sure that there's something I would learn about your your journey as a writer that I didn't know. Mm -hmm. And I'm also really excited that you're my first guest because from outside of West Virginia, I, I can remember when I was a student at State and you were a professor there. I'd been reading novels probably since I was a kid. I, I, I don't remember when I really started reading books as far as novels. Uh, and I'd kind of, <laughs> as a selfish rule, had avoided nonfiction. And um, I believe you were one of the people who said to me, well, you really need to check out some more literary nonfiction. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and you'd encourage me to, to try memoirs because you said that, you know, this being a fan of the novel form, you thought that I, I would really enjoy and appreciate memoirs. And you had not written yours yet. I know writing with comments is sort of a memoir, um, but uh, you were absolutely right. I dug into some uh, some memoirs around that time, and that's become one of my favorite genres as well as literary nonfiction. So um, I appreciate that you you still have a passion for that particular genre. Yes, yes. Um, um, at my most recent students that I had here this fall um, in uh, at Marshall, one of the classes was intermediate creative nonfiction, and it's surprising to me, especially I also was teaching intro to creative writing. And there were a, a number of people who either had not really heard of creative nonfiction or some that heard of it and didn't know what it was. Um, so and and once I got them through it, you know, and we, they practiced writing it and um, wonderful, wonderful stories. Uh, they really kind of fancy, hey, I think this is my medium now. I think this is my genre. <laughs> they didn't and they didn't have any idea how deep it really could go. And if they knew anything about memoirs, it might be celebrity memoirs. And a lot of publishers are still prejudiced against memoirs unless you're really famous, you know, or you're in an accident and gnawed your foot off to get out of between a rock or something, you know. And there's nothing wrong right. with those. I used to read celebrity memoirs all the time when I was growing up. But telling your own story is very important and it helps you understand your own life. I'm not saying it's cathartic. It can be. Um, but understanding your life and why you did the things you did and why people around you did the things that they did is a really close look. It can be written with beautiful language. So, yeah, it's uh, I'm glad that I was able to, to uh, um, interest you in that and in, in the creative nonfiction. Definitely. I, I think I think the first uh, memoir that I re- well, it's the first that I remember reading fully from cover to cover and loving it and also having my heart broken was uh, Angela's Ashes, oh. Frank McCourt. Oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> oh, I know. I know. <laughs> which, which, might, which might not have been a good start. You know, I'm thinking, <laughs> man, are they all going to be this interesting? But, but it was, well, but it was funny, too. I mean, he's such a funny writer. Yes. Um, yes. It, it disarms you. It disarms you with the humor and then the sadness and, the, and then back to humor again. Yes. So I think it was that roller coaster of emotions that really sold me on you know that genre because you feel similar emotions when you read a novel a well-written one anyway you know your emotions are all over the place yeah um absolutely that's great so uh let me ask you then because i may have some listeners who have uh who are either writers themselves or have thought about it uh you know they've been sitting on an idea for a book or maybe they've had a, a life that you know maybe they don't think it's interesting but you know, it might be if they tried to put their story, you know, into words and wrote it down. What would you say to someone who's starting out? Well, I think one of the best things to do is other than reading memoirs, as you say, when you read Angela's Ashes. And, and so you learn what what can happen with. And he wasn't anybody famous. I mean, he's famous now, but he was no one famous. Yeah. I mean, he he came to America and he was teaching in um I think Staten Island, New York, and he did so for 30 years. Uh, but he wasn't anybody that was famous. But he took this life, this creation, this when he was a child and wrote about it in a very beautiful way, uh, you know, about growing up in Ireland. And, you know, we Americans, we don't really know anything about about that. 
pretty much we don't know anything about it. But everybody's life has a fascinating story. I have students tell me that all the time. I don't have anybody to, to, I don't have anything to write about. And I'm like, oh yes, you do. Come to find out they do. And it's, and it's what you do with it. It isn't just that you start writing down, oh, you know, when I was five, I did this. When I was six, I did that. That's not the, the point of it. It's the start. You start with those issues, but, but it's how you render it, how you understand it. Um, what you do with it uh, at that point, because everybody's life has these pivotal moments. Uh, you know, my memoir starts out with when I'm four. This is my earliest memory. My grand, my great grandmother was dying. And, she, they, and at that point, they had people in the home. You know, people were, you know, they died in the home. They didn't take them somewhere. And um, I'm watching this and I'm looking at the adults and at a four-year-old mind, I don't have any clue as what's really going on. Um, they say that, you know, she's dying and therefore, you know, I'm like, what is death? You know, what does that mean? And, um, um, you know, and I start to look at that and then I find that thread kind of carried out through my life. I'm always wondering what happens after we die. And at the end of the book, I come back to that after my mother's death and I have a dream of her. And I picture her in the afterlife and just how phenomenal, um, you know, I, that experience was. And so you look for threads in your life as you write through your episodes. But my, my biggest tip would be find some, get, get on the, you know, online and look for some books on how to write memoir, particularly ones that have prompts in them, writing prompts. Um, one of the best books on the market to do that, and I use that, and I use it this fall, but I've used it before as a textbook, uh, is called um, uh, Writing, it, Writing It Slant. Uh, it's done by, um, oh, what's her name, Suzanne Paola and Brenda Miller. And they have exercises all the way through it that help you remember. Uh, it's not Writing It Slant, it's Tell, tell It Slant. Is called Creating, Refining, and Publishing Creative Nonfiction, Brenda Miller and Suzanne Paola. And it's one of the best texts I've ever seen, although there are a number out there that will give you writing prompts. And then they just expand and expand and expand. And you're like, oh, my gosh. Um, you know, all of a sudden, you've got a book going. And so I recommend right. that. And when you can go to a writing conference where they're, they're having, you know, there's a, uh, a teacher or workshop leader that is teaching anything about, uh, you know, your interest. So that, um, you know, you just, you meet and you network and meet people and they will give you feedback on your writing, join a writing group of like interest, um, other writers. Um, and there are some, Facebook groups. Uh, I think there's one that I belong to that's about uh, all dedicated to memoir writers, personal essayists, um, you know, and the other types of creative nonfiction that you might be interested in. So those are some tips. That's how you get, how you get going. I'm glad that you mentioned going to write-in conferences, because if you remember, uh, you were the, the person who encouraged me to uh, check out the West Virginia Writers Conference. Mm -hmm. If, if for nothing else, for the opportunity for me to get to meet other writers, you know, and get to know some of the, the authors mm -hmm. uh, from West 
Virginia with, you know, I might not be familiar with. And that was really a, a, a very transformative experience Good. for me. Good. You, you introduced me to some people who have inspired me and influenced me, not just as a writer, but he, as a teacher, as an mm-hmm. educator, to think about writing in a different sort of way versus just something that we do. Mm-hmm. So talk a little bit about uh, some of the, the writers over the years that you think have impacted or influenced you? Sure. Um, well, certainly Frank McCourt. Uh, I think the very first memoir that I read that influenced me the most uh, was published back in uh, 1996, I believe it was, is Tobias Wolf's This Boy's Life. Um, I, mm-hmm. I think it's a really good. And the, the thing that appealed to me about that one is that each chapter is almost standalone. So, you know, if you are writing a book and you want to get some of it published, that's an easy way to do it. And, and publishers like that, that you've, that you've taken a chance or somebody's taken a chance on some of your writing out there and they're more likely to, to look at your book and say, okay, you've published two or three pieces in this. This is great. You have to be careful. I mean, they need to be in literary magazines or well-known magazines, not just on your blog or, or something like that. Um, it's, it's more important to have another editor out there saying, oh, yeah, I want to take a chance on this piece. Um, uh, so also, believe it or not, this is never mentioned. This book is never talked about. Suzanne Summers is the author of it, and she's always considered, you know, like, oh, yeah, she's the woo-woo lady with the, you know, the health stuff. But she wrote uh, a memoir, and I'm blanking on the name of it, it Suzanne Summers, and it, but it was about her father. Uh, I mean, he was part of that memoir, and he was an alcoholic, and my father was an alcoholic. And what she said in that was she she wrote about her father. Yes, he was a raging drunk at times, like mine was, but she also wrote about him with love. She she wrote about him, the good things that he did. And I had never seen that before. I had never seen someone write about somebody very difficult in your life, but they made him three dimensional. They weren't just, uh, you know, a villain in your book. Now, sometimes that might be very difficult depending on what happens, but but if you can do that, you need to look at your characters, which are the people in your life and yourself, more objectively at time. And that was a heavy influence on me. Uh, Rick Bragg, all over but the shouting. Um, I am in love with his writing. He's just so funny. And he was raised in the Piedmonts of the Appalachians, Appalachian Mountains in Alabama, northern Alabama. And so there's a lot of sensibilities that, you know, we kind of share uh, with those folks and he's just hysterically funny and he's a beautiful 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 writer and uh, I'm influenced by uh, personal essayists such as Randon Billings Noble who just came out with a uh, an anthology recently Philip Lopate's um, The Art of the Personal Essay which is a brilliant 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 anthology um, so those are some of the people that, um, you know, I was influenced by as, as far as locally. I think it came more in the sense of sharing writing with them and, and their feedback and their commentary would help influence me. Those individuals that I've worked with uh, and Pancake. I don't write like Ann Pancake, but she inspires me. She absolutely inspires me. Denise Chardina is her writing is uh, very approachable, very, very inspiring. Um, 
And, and so that's the only ones I can think of right off the bat. I'm sure once we get on talking, I'll think of all kinds of more, you know, more writers that have influenced me. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm hoping I'm ho- Denise was one of the names suggested as a potential mm-hmm. guest for this podcast. And I'm, you know, I know Denise obviously as a Western United State mm-hmm. student. And one of my most rewarding experiences was I took a writing conference class mm-hmm. from Denise mm-hmm. and just fantastic to get her feet to have her read something I had written and give me honest mm-hmm. feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, just that that was inspiring and, and it, it, yeah, great experience. So uh, what would you say then has been one of your greatest challenges as a writer? Believing that I was any good, uh, especially early on. I mean, I did have a, of course, I had a strong sense since I was an English major that, you know, and, and even before that, even in high school, uh, I had a teacher who submitted one of my uh, my um, short stories in an, uh, an Appalachian writing contest. I didn't even know it. I did not win. But the fact the very fact that she did that was huge to me that gave me the idea that, OK, maybe I can do this a little bit. Um, and and I'm one of those. It's not un, it's not untypical of West Virginians in particular, women in particular, although it can happen to to men as well, uh, to suffer from what's called imposter syndrome. Uh, and that is like no matter how many accolades, awards, publications, you know, those sorts of things that you win, there's always this little niggling doubt that, well, they're going to find out any minute that I don't know anything. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it's not uncommon. Sometimes it might be even a class kind of thing uh, as well. And I mean, you know, classes, uh, um, middle class, lower class, you know, working class, that sort of thing. Uh, but I think that's one been one of the, the, the biggest struggles. The other really big struggle, honestly, is getting the time. Uh, to write. Uh, I'm always writing something. There's always something going on in the back of my mind, and I'm grateful for that. Uh, but just being able to mm-hmm. find the time, the peace of mind, everybody leave me alone, uh, to sit down and do it uh, has been quite quite the challenge. Um, you know, I've had to teach, <laughs> and, and, you know, I had to help support my family. Um, and teaching is, well, as you well know, you know how much it eats up your life. And, and you have to pay attention to your family and, and other joys that you want to um, have in your life or, um, you know, uh, troubles come along and, uh, you know, you have to take care of things just like anybody. So time has been a factor for me, but I'm, I don't have writer's block. Um, writer's block is just, uh, to me, is just I'm not allowing myself to be stimulated enough to start to get going. Uh, and I'll do a number, I've come up with a number of different tricks that help me with that. Um, but those, those have been the challenges pretty much. Mm-hmm. That's great. Um, and what would, on the flip side of that, what would you say has been one of your greatest successes as a writer? Um, well, obviously when my first book was published, my memoir, um, I was just over the moon about that, that I've, because I worked on that memoir for um, probably 15 years. It was the thesis in my Master of Fine Arts program. But even after I graduated from there in 2004, it was still another 11 years uh, before it was published. 
Um, I had a couple, I had a couple of opportunities in between that turned out to be, those are horror stories. I don't really want to go into them, <laughs> but um, I finally found that editor that just, she just fell in love with my work. Um, and her name is Abby Freeland and she, she's no longer with um, West Virginia University Press. Um, and she's, she's um, working for other presses, I believe, but um she just simply, she, she took about a week to read it and wrote back and said, I want to sign you to a contract. And that was just absolutely a dream come true. Uh, uh, very much a fulfillment. I think the other side of that is the, um, when somebody who's read it and, you know, I've had a lot of compliments and, and this thing, and it's absolutely wonderful. But when somebody says to me, when I read this part, I felt, validated I felt like okay this is a person who understands what I was going through too and nobody's expressed it quite that way so that made me feel like I'm a real person I have a real story I have a real story too and and that is just a tremendous honor um, to to mm -hmm. have something like that you know happen um, you know as a writer so that's great yeah that's uh, as a reader um, you know I my favorite authors are the ones that really ignite that feeling like not to say that their life is my life because right, obviously right. it's not, but know, right. know that Holy cow, this author just expressed what I have been struggling to express in my own struggles or my own journey or whatever it may be. So that's great. Mm -hmm. That's really great to hear. That, that's a high compliment <laughs> yes, <laughs> for it you. Is. It is for any um, of us. I think uh, you know, when we sail our babies out into the world, our books, it is completely and totally out of our control what anybody will say or do about your work. And I could, you know what the most horrible thing is, is not that somebody says, oh, this stinks. I don't like it. It's not that. At least they read it and formed an opinion. Right. It's, it's that no one would say anything at all. And that's the worst because you poured your heart into this. Absolutely. You believe in it. And you know it's out there in the world, and there's nothing you can do now. And then nobody says anything, and it's just absolutely devastating. Uh, and as time goes by, you know, my book's been out now for five years, five and a half years, and of course, fewer and fewer people say anything about it. But every now and then, something happens. Uh, somebody will say, "I just read your book and I loved it," or a student, uh, not not trying to butter me up or anything you know, we'll say I, I bought your book and I absolutely love it. And, you know, um, that, that, you know, it just, it, it'll pop up every now and then. And that's just such a delightful thing to have happen. It's like, okay, I didn't drop off the edge of the, of the earth. <laughs> that's, that's great. Yeah. I, your, your book is one that I do occasionally, uh, I'll pull an essay from it and share with students, you know, and, and most of the time they, Good. they Thank enjoy you. them. Yep, you're welcome. All right, so uh, just for the last few minutes of our time, um, so your your memoir is the one we're talking about is yes. titled "Writing on Comets," right? Okay, just want to make sure our listeners uh, got that. And uh, where can they find out more about you I or have about your book? A website www.catpleska.com. You can see my list of books on there. Uh, my books can be bought on Amazon. They can be purchased from WVU Press. Uh, they are in some local stores around here in West Virginia. 
Um, and, um, I have a face, you know, I'm on Facebook. Uh, it's an open, you know, Facebook, they can find me on there. Um, just Kat Pleska, you know, at Facebook and, um, you know, I'd love to hear from folks and I'm happy to have a conversation with them about writing, about publishing, uh, my books, uh, you know, their books, whatever they would like to do. I'm, I'm all ears, you know, fantastic. All right, now I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you with a with a final uh, profound <laughs> okay. question. Um, with 2020, you know, it's been a tough year for everybody, and there might be a lot of people feeling like there isn't much they can do to make a difference. But uh, I disagree, and that's one of the reasons I wanted to start this podcast. So, uh, how do you feel you are making a difference in the world right now? I think that I have been very conscious about reaching out to people when I see that they're very low, they're very depressed, they don't know what to do. It feels like the end of the world is coming. Uh, while I get down and depressed myself, you know, we've had a lot to get depressed over, but I try to, I, I, you know, I just say, you know, you need to look very closely around you, take a deep breath, uh, put yourself out in nature a little bit, um, you know, get involved in a hobby, you know, something that you love and maybe you haven't had time to do. Talk to people, talk to sympathetic people. Uh, and to the best of your ability, um, ignore the negative, um, you know, tropes that float around so much and, and the conspiracy theories that float around so much on the, on the internet. And, and on Facebook and be careful where you find your information. Look for non-biased sites to keep yourself informed, to keep your mind healthy. Uh, keep moving forward. Keep believing that, you know, the light, the light's at the end of the tunnel. We, we sh will make it. Um, and to not meaning to be cliche, but we shall overcome. And, um, you know, we're strong people, especially here in Appalachia. We really are. We're, I mean, it's part of our culture, and I don't mean to stereotype because we all struggle, but there is a sense in our culture that, okay, this is tough, but I'm, I'll find a way to deal with it. Um, and, um, you know, that's just be supportive is what I've tried to do. I, I gripe and complain mightily. Uh, and, uh, you know, you've got to vent, uh, and sometimes that my language is not very nice about that. Um, so be it, uh, I'm older, I can get away with a lot more and, uh, you know, it is what it is. So, um, just keep the, the your chin up and keep your pen, your, your fingers on the keyboard, keep writing, keep believing, keep dreaming. That's great. Well, thank you for your time. I appreciate it. It was a pleasure to talk to you again. Always a pleasure to talk to you. And uh, I'm, I'm proud of what you're doing. I'm happy to hear that you are still teaching writing. I'm a little envious that I, you know, not going to be taking any of your classes, but maybe you'll teach a workshop, a workshop that I can attend and, you know, get sure, to learn from sure. you. Again. I do teach, uh, you know, occasionally workshops in the community and also for West Virginia writers at times. So, um, you know, uh, just keep your eyes open. I'm sure there'll be another opportunity. And thank you so much for this opportunity to speak with you and speak about writing. And And I appreciate it. And I wish you the best of luck uh, with your podcast. I look forward to be able to share it with everybody. Yes, okay. ma'am. Well, thank bye you. Bye. All right. You have a great, okay, you have a great you holiday. Too. All righty. Bye-bye.
Thanks for listening to the LilyPad podcast. For more information about our show and for notes about each episode, be sure to follow us on Instagram at the LilyPad podcast. And if you enjoyed this show, give us a follow on Spotify. Or if you listen on Apple Podcasts, be sure to give us a rating and review. It really helps other people learn about this podcast. So once again, thanks for listening.